Finally, I'm almost out of this crypt. But this isn't the world I remember. At least this guy is familiar. And that pulsing rhythm. Wait, I think I was called here for a purpose. It looks like I've got work to do. And this time, I have help. Hello everybody, welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri and I'm joined by Taylor Wells and a very special guest this week, Managing Editor, Rod Lloyd. Rod, Woo! what's up, man? What's up? Doing well. It's been a minute since last time you were on here. I think uh, I think E3 is the last time we No, no, I, there, was a, there was a direct later in the year, last year, that I jumped in on. It was the one where Final Fantasy VIII got shafted, whereas all the other Final Fantasies got announced for Switch. Oh, you're, yeah, you're right. I was thinking that was uh, that was prior to E3 for some reason because that feels like a long time. Yeah, ago. it does. Th- yeah, no, no, it was it was late last year. I still stand by the decision that Final Fantasy VIII deserved to get shafted. Yeah, well, I think that was the right call. It wasn't meant to be. It just ended up happening that way because apparently they lost the source code for the game, so it was very difficult for them to kind of port it after that. Quote unquote. Lost. Um, They'll just remake it once Final Fantasy VII gets remade. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. In, ten, in ten years, we'll get it in uh, in 2034. Yeah, it's okay. Oh my God. I will uh, make sure to so be thank alive. you guys. Not if I have anything to say about it. Uh oh. Awkward silence. Thank you guys for joining us on the Champions Cast this week. We are going to uh, dive deep as promised, into the recently announced Cadence of Hyrule game. And uh, I can't wait to talk about that and get uh, a little bit of a feel for what that game is going to be all about. Um, Rod has actually played the Crypt of the Necrodancer. I have. Which is more than uh, Taylor and I have. So uh, we're going to get his thoughts on that. Uh, But before we get there, there's... um, there's a few uh, little pieces of news, little noteworthy tidbits that uh, that I wanted to get to you. Uh, before we got on air, I was telling you guys about my drug deal purchase of Tingle's Rosy Rupeeland. Yes. And I'm going to tell you that story. Please. So, I really wanted to get Tingle's Rosy Rupeeland. I don't know what came over me, but I was like, man, I, I got to play this game. I really want to play it. So, I'm, I, I'm in a local like video game collector buy and sell group in Calgary, right? <laughs> so, uh, I'm just like, okay, guys, does anybody have this game? And, uh, and and nobody did except for one guy. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to buy it off you. And he's like, okay. And so we, we were trying to get together for like the better part of about probably about two weeks. And I work in the mornings. And then this guy, I think he's a bartender or something like that. So he worked at night. Does he have an so accent? We just, we, I don't think so. But I don't either. Mm. Right, Taylor? Debatable. I'm, I'm just <laughs> picturing like a guy with a thick Russian accent. Like, yes, I have the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, You're looking no, for. I mean, he, has, Rosie he had a thick, he had a thick Canadian accent, so he's like, "Yeah, I got the game, eh?" He'd <laughs> oh, be behind Tim Hortons, so and I'm not joking. We literally met at Tim Hortons finally on Thursday, Thursday night at like eleven o'clock at night. Um, I was watching a movie. Uh, Sam had fallen asleep on the couch. This guy texted me. He's like, "I got the game if you're free." It's 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like... Okay. I'm at your front like, door. <laughs> he's like, bring 80 bucks to Tim Hortons. So I was like, okay, man, I'll be right there. So I get in my car and drive over, and like, 
literally we we kind of look each other in the eye and uh he pulls the game out of his pocket i pull the cash out of my pocket we do a little swap at the same time <laughs> i leave with tingles rosy rupee land he leaves with 80 bucks we nod at each other and uh, the rest is history and i'm playing that game right now did he then go and spend that 80 dollars in tim hortons <laughs> Uh, very possible. That would get you. Uh, that would get you a long way in Tim Hortons because a coffee's about two bucks, and then Timbits, you could get a fifty pack for like ten bucks. So for anybody that doesn't know what a Timbit is, it's like a little bite sized donut. Did uh did the game cartridge have blood on it? Um, no, the game cartridge didn't have blood on it. But to also to be honest, I wasn't looking that hard, and my 3DS is red. So if it did, I wouldn't have noticed it. <laughs> isn't like every game cartridge ever released supposedly have like a trace amount of cocaine on it or is that money i think i'm thinking of money they did like some study uh, that only that. only bills made in the 80s oh okay <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's my drug deal story about tingles rosy rupee land and i can't i can't wait to talk about that game on this show when i'm when i'm fully done and uh have somewhat collected my thoughts we are going to we're gonna talk about that. Have you played? Have you played any of it yet? Or yeah, I'm probably about like five hours in. Did maybe you meet a little bit more? Did you meet Barkle yet? Yep, the... I've met Barkle and Pinkle and Uncle Rupee and Good God, it's like to anybody that's never played it and doesn't know what we're talking about, it sounds absurd, and it is. Absurd, it is it, absolutely in like in such a good way. Now it, the it's... real question is: is if you'll be running it at the marathon from now on. So actually, I looked at uh, at Locke's time at Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, and this guy finished it in like four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. He was thirteen seconds off of the world record for this game. As a matter of fact, wow! And I remember last year he had like he had this big spreadsheet chart of like I don't even know what it was, but he was like he was prepared. So I, I, I could never game run it has if Locke a world was playing record. it. Yeah, well, I think I think like a lot of games have world records just for the fact that like you can say no one else will ever play this. So well, yeah, that's what we did yeah. with Hyrule Warriors last year. Yeah. But still, yeah, exactly. like it's it's impressive, and I don't think it's one of those games that is you know somebody gets it and then nobody ever tries for it again. It's it's had several attempts, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and like in four hours, four and a half hours is just a absolutely incredible time. I'm like. Like I said, I'm about five hours in, and I am not that far. But you, you're, like, reading all the texts and listening to all the characters talk and stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's the best part. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're also playing it <laughs> for the first time, so. Yeah, so I, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that. Let's talk about Musical March Madness, the tournament that we have just been beating to death and flogging over and over on this show. It finally ended, and Gerudo Valley came and took the crown. The, the rightful uh, winner. Oof. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty okay with that. I'm okay with it too, but I kind of did wish that the uh, title theme of Ocarina of Time swooped in. Or Dragon Roost. I would have um, been fine I, with Dragon wish... Roost too. Man, Gerudo Valley just like, it destroyed it everything. Yeah. Like, not even not even beat, but it just like dominated. The, the only song to break 40% of the vote against Gerudo Valley was Ballad of the Goddess, which is surprising. Yeah, actually. I don't like that song. <laughs> So we're saying uh, Midna's the Brock Lesnar of our, our 
Cave of Trials. A cave of Trials, and so Gerudo Valley is the Brock Lesnar of musical ma- March Madness. Yeah, but like in a good way. Oh, <laughs> there's a clause. He would he would be the Brock Lesnar like circa 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or he's, he's Gerudo Valley's like the Goldberg. It was just like it was a really fun tournament. Um, a lot of like really really close matchups. A lot of exciting stories, and uh, we're gonna do it all over again in September. Fall Brawl character contest. <laughs> so the same idea, uh, sixty four characters, with the exception of Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf slash Ganon. Those guys aren't allowed, but uh, everyone else is. So it'll be it'll be a blast. And uh, you know, if you if you've liked Cave of Trials, that series is coming to its end. Um, but it's going to kind of continue on in in spirit for Fall Brawl in September, so that's going to be uh, really cool. So yeah, thank you to everyone that participated in Musical March Madness. Cool, cool. I had a blast with that. I, I was, was really like surprised by how much people were into it and how like how much fun oh, I had um, running it, because I thought it would kind of be a niche thing, but yeah, it, was, it turned out really well, I think. All right, let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. A few quick pieces of news to, to uh, talk about here. First, uh, as Taylor was saying, he's going to try and take advantage of here. If you sign up for Twitch Prime, you get a free year of the Nintendo Online service. Uh, how much is it to sign up for Twitch Prime? I, Anybody know? Like, oh, for Twitch Prime, it's like a uh, hundred dollars, I think, if you do it every year, and then it's fourteen ninety nine if you do it every month. Pretty much just like Netflix kind of thing. Yeah, and you cheaper. have to, yeah. in order to take advantage of the Switch Online deal, I think you get increments of a year, like every couple months. So if you have Twitch Prime, um, it's like you get three months free for signing up, and then after sixty days of being subscribed, you get another nine months after that. Um, so that's pretty cool. Anyone looking to uh, get their hands on the Nintendo Online service, if you haven't already. Uh, Go and do that, because why wouldn't you? It makes sense. Uh, another little piece of news. Monolith Software is hiring for their next uh, Zelda game, which is kind of exciting. Uh, as you may remember, they're the developers of Xenoblade Chronicles 1, 2, and X, and they helped out with the Breath of the Wild development, so they are looking for some people to come and join their team, which hopefully means that the next Zelda isn't too, too, too far away. So, yeah. pretty exciting. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, is like a lot of the... Uh, the basic elements from Breath of the Wild are going to be carried over. They can throw some old Zelda stuff back on top of it, make it even better. No weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of the weapon durability. Um, or at least make it so you can repair weapons you like or something like more, that. More uh, dungeon-y areas. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't mind the weapon durability, but I, I really did miss... Like having dungeons. Uh, is that Navi? Um, Navi says Navi says hello, Taylor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, last piece of uh, inspired by Zelda news, I guess. Uh, the developers of the Castlevania Netflix show are taking a crack at another video game property. This time, Hyperlight Drifter, which is a inspired by Zelda title that we've covered on the site before. Uh, I really like Hyperlight Drifter. It's really, really stylish. I feel like it's, like, what would happen if Blade Runner met, like, original Legend of Zelda. So, if you haven't played the game, you should check it out. If you haven't watched Absolutely. the show, you should check oh, yeah. it out, because it's really well done. The one thing yeah. I'm worried about is that the producer of that show, and then the guy who's working on, um... He's working on, uh... Devil May Cry, and I think Assassin's Creed. I think 
the plate's getting a little full. So I'm hoping they devote enough time to Hyperlight Drifter because that's that's a show I would want to watch as opposed to Devil May Cry. That is worthy of a great show. Yeah. Well, also if we think about it too, like this is kind of a TV thing sort of. No it is. So it Yeah, so it's like these these shows won't necessarily run forever, and I feel like depending on where they go with the Castlevania series, like they could probably end that in like a season or two, and you know that uh, would give. I think more it's already room. been renewed for season three. Well, I'm no, no, sure. no. I know it's going on for at least another season, but what I'm saying is like story-wise, the way the direction that they're going with the show and and what they're taking from the games, I feel. If they wanted to or if they needed to, they could theoretically end it in a couple of seasons and give them enough time. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of material that you could go for for that show. Like, you could do the whole Symphony of the Night story. You could get into... Uh, you could yeah. even do the future stories in, like, the uh, like the Dawn of Sorrow and Aria of Sorrow series, which is also really cool. It's kind of like uh, more sci-fi, futuristic take mm-hmm. on the Castlevania lore. It, there's a lot of good stuff. So I, I think that series, if anything, would be the one... That you could really yeah keep it going. I agree. Oh, they could definitely do it. I'm just saying, it's like they could go either way with it. If the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I can't juggle all That's these true. things." There's at a once. place he could he could jump off if he you wanted know. to. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, or he could have like some protege take over. Yeah. That would be the worst idea I've ever heard. That was. Uh, do you remember when people were freaking out about uh, Anuma taking over Zelda, like way back when? Mm-hmm. No, it was eight. <laughs> well, I mean, the the rumor was is that for a long time after Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, Kojima was going to be handing the reins off to his to his studio to do, as opposed to him being directly involved in it. But unfortunately, I guess it just never really worked out because he kept having to come back over and over again. But it's definitely not a new concept amongst video games and, and TV shows or even movies to, you know, have successors take on the reins and try and guide the project to further fruition. Uh, all right, last bit of thing before we jump into uh, Cadence of Hyrule. I heard Assassin's Creed earlier and my ears started tingling. Uh, this is going to be a shameless plug right here, so if you're listening on Podbean and want to skip it, go ahead. But... Uh, if you haven't checked out Virtual Theater, that's my other podcast with friend of the show, Gooey Fam. Uh, please check it out. It would really mean a lot. We're uh, we're putting out some new episodes about really shitty video game movies. So we've covered Street Fighter, we've covered Doom, and Assassin's Creed is coming out this week, and it oh, it's is the worst. absolutely horrible. <laughs> so if you want to hear us, it, it, it's it's the worst! And I, I don't want to get fired up on this podcast about it, but it is Yep, 100% agree. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> If you want to hear me complain about it for, like, two hours, uh, head over to SoundCloud and check out us uh, on SoundCloud. We're at Virtual Theater. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at Virtual Theater X. Uh, that would be really cool. we got some good stuff coming your way. And now, the three of us have some good stuff coming your way, because we're going to talk all about Cadence of Hyrule, the action dungeon crawler rhythm game made by Brace Yourself Games, who are Canadian. Hey, Shout out to those guys. Um, so let's, uh, let's start it off here and go back to the very beginning. This game is announced as kind of the, uh, as the main event announcement of the Nindies presentation that was, uh, going on last week. What did you guys think when you saw this? Like, uh, let's, let's start with you, Taylor, because I think you were completely blind 
about like the necro dancer i'm sure i don't think you knew what that was like, take us to your reaction to that yeah no i as you said completely blind it was it was definitely not something that i had um like knew about going for going into or knew even knew about beforehand so it was completely unexpected and i was able to finally watch the the trailer that was aired and man you know I, when we were talking about you know different genres or different types of zelda games that they could go into we we did briefly mention uh, like musical rhythm or like maybe Final Fantasy theater rhythm type games. And you know what? This looks really, really fun. It's really cute. It's really charming. Uh, I have no idea who this main character Cadence is, but as soon as I saw the, those flash arts of, of Link and Zelda, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be real good. And then I think the thing that I liked the most was was the music. It was very uh, chiptunesy uh, versions of of Legend of Zelda music, and I thought it worked really, really well. Yeah, I think when we were talking about rhythm games and how Zelda could cross over, in my mind, I was thinking something more along the lines of like Rock Band or, uh, right. or DK's Bongo Bongo Bongo, whatever the hell that game was called back on the uh, <laughs> the GameCube. Um, Jungle Beat. Yeah, Jungle Beat, where you had like the cool little bongos and stuff like that. That people now use to play Overwatch. Is is that a thing? Yeah, it's really weird. People are just making videos about like playing really hard games with the most odd of controllers. Like somebody was using bananas to play Smash. It's really weird but funny. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyways, I, when I when I had it in my mind of like a rhythm game with Zelda, like that, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Like maybe you'd match the notes up. Uh, to the to the music a la rock band or something like that but uh or like that mario ddr game that came out yeah so like something like that something um a little bit more traditional because when you think of a or at least when i think of a rhythm game you don't necessarily think of like dungeon crawling and stuff like that but i mean rod you you played this game before like what did you i guess what did you think when you saw the trailer like did you think that it was just a sequel or or like what was going through your mind when it's like wow this is zelda yeah well, I saw the headline first, and I was like, rhythm game? Because I, I legit thought, I was like, DDR rhythm? And then I, I saw Crypt of the Necrodancer, and I was like, oh, okay, it's in good hands. Because they, the the trailer looks a little different from the main game, and I, I can explain that more when I talk about, like, what make, what really, uh, what Crypt of the Necrodancer is all about. But, um, like, the, I'm watching the trailer, and it's very much, the gameplay of Crypt of the Necrodancer, but the setting and the the Zelda flair thrown into it makes it very different. So that that's what struck me is the fact that um, I don't know the environments and the the Zelda enemies all thrown in. That's what makes this game seem like it's more of just it's more than a spinoff, or sorry, it's more of a a, a sequel to uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. In that it's, it doesn't seem like it's DLC. It doesn't seem like it's add-on. It seems like an entirely different entity. It, it's kind of like mixing both series together in an interesting way. So that's what is that's what's exciting me about it. Um, and we were going to talk about this later, but I guess we might as well just talk about it now since we're kind of on the subject. Uh, you've played Necrodancer, and uh, I, I know that you said that you had a blast with it. What like yes. what, what's that game all about? Like, because I, as far as I know, you move in rhythm and 
that's pretty much all I know. So, like, what what is the meat and potatoes of that game? Okay, Crypt of the Necrodancer is a, at its very core, it is a roguelike dungeon crawler. So, every time you boot up the game, just like in roguelike games like uh, uh, Binding of Isaac or other things, <laughs> um, every time you boot it up, it presents a different dungeon. Um, the dungeon moves around. There's basically... You go through floors, so you start the game out and you're on like floor one, and then you just keep descending further down onto different floors. Every floor has a shop, there are different enemies to fight, um, there are secrets to find, like secret treasure chests, traps, um, little like boss enemies like dragons and things, um, and the point of the game is to get as far down as possible um, without dying, um, and... But unlike your traditional dungeon crawler, all of the actions are on a beat. So movement, attacks, um, readying spells, everything's on a beat to a song. So each floor has its own song. And as you get deeper and deeper, the songs get higher in tempo. So the the first floor is like super chill. It's kind of like a boom, boom, boom. Um, so you're able to kind of react. Um, you're, you're given enough time to react. You can attack. You kind of move a little bit more leisurely. And then by the time you're in like the third floor, like the boss encounters, you're scrambling around because the f- songs are like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Basically, um, what what makes what, what I've noticed in the trailer for Cadence of Hyrule that's different from Crypt of the Necrodancer is that um, one, the gameplay seems exactly the same. So I assume that in Cadence of Hyrule, you'll be attacking enemies the exact same way, which um, you kind of, you, you, you collect your weapons, you collect spells, and you kind of traverse the area. But the thing is, the environments in Cadence of Hyrule, it's not a, I didn't notice any like dungeony areas, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah, one or two. You were still above ground at a lot of those. Right, which seems really different from the, the Crypt of the Necrodancer, where everything's underground, um... Whereas Kids of Hyrule, like, I, I saw like a Hyrule, uh, ca- uh, Hyrule Castle area. I saw like a, a Link to the Past field area. It was a Lionel with only six hearts for some reason. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what it means to explore those areas and if they're going to retain the roguelike elements of the original game. Because maybe the like Hyrule Field, maybe that's a level and it changes every time you play. That's what seems weird to Could me. Could they split it kind of like how you were saying that you know in the original one you'd go down levels and that would be yeah. – and each one would be different kind of than the last one. So – I can imagine that. I can, So – from what um, I only played a few hours of Crypt of the Necrodancer. I haven't played um, like I haven't really gotten the the full game. From, but from what I do know is that it's like you go down three levels and then you fight a boss, and the boss is always the same on that like bundle of three stages. Um, and then once you defeat that boss, you can go into a, a separate like bundle of stages where it's a different environment with a different boss at the end. So I'm thinking maybe in Cadence of Hyrule, you start with like maybe there's a level that's field themed and then um town themed or something and then you go into like maybe hyrule castle right after that and then you fight a boss that's hyrule castle related yeah I, i'm thinking it would be that sounds pretty like... that sounds pretty similar to moonlighter actually uh the game that i just finished um which is or maybe um the four swords games yeah, yeah, yeah. where every every room is considered a different level 
so like how did you how did you uh stumble across this game because like like i own just a, a stupid amount of switch games but i had never played this one i i to be honest i never even heard of this one i i didn't play it on a switch i played it on pc um i can't really even remember how i came across it like maybe someone mentioned it at e3 or something that um sparked like oh that sounds interesting i'll give that a try so um i played a little bit of it and i played a little bit on steam you know kind of like a you test the waters type deal and it it was like that's the thing it's like really really fun to play um and the the problem that i have is i'm not the biggest roguelike fan no because I'm, I'm in you. my head i like to i like to get I, I like to start a game and get the full experience i like to be able to find everything and um find every secret but the problem is the game is different every time you boot it up so you're you know you have to play it over and over and over again to get you know, to see different things, to try out different weapons and items, or even to fight different types of enemies. Uh, I'm with you. I, roguelikes aren't generally my favorite thing either. I just like kind of having, like, like a set map and then uncovering secrets in that map rather than just, like, everything kind of resetting itself. But I was pleasantly right. surprised by Moonlighter, so I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty hopeful about this game and my, you know, thinking that I'll enjoy it. Um, I wonder, I wonder how much... Crypt of the Necro Dancer has sold on the Switch eShop since this announcement was made because it must be just stupid. Oh yeah, like, I can imagine a lot of people like, oh, I'll check that out. What is that? Uh, like, it, it almost makes me think that this. Like, I bet you in the last week and a half since this announcement, <laughs> they've sold more copies on the Switch eShop than than Steam put together for however long it was out there. I could totally see that. I could, I could see that too. Yeah. Um. So I guess let, let's move on. Let's talk about like. When you when you see this, when you're watching this, are you like how shocked are you to see that this is a thing at all? And I guess my follow-up question is like should we have been so shocked after seeing crossovers like Hyrule Warriors and like Pokémon and some of the other weird stuff that Nintendo's been doing lately? But like <laughs> what was your reaction like when you actually see this? Like how surprised are you because I was flabbergasted. You know, that's something I was thinking about a lot in that, you know, I, it's definitely something I didn't expect. Like it wasn't, I didn't wake up this morning thinking, oh, hey, they're going to come out with Cadence of Hyrule. I was, you know, I usually think when it comes to Nintendo, it's going to be probably the next mainline Zelda game. Maybe, maybe something like Hyrule Warriors. But now that I think about it, you know, we've gotten stuff like Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, like Hyrule Warriors, like, you know, uh, all, all these different kind of sm- – they're definitely smaller spinoffs than, say, you know, a mainline Zelda game. But they're all they're all successful, for one thing. Uh, maybe not in the U.S. for Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, but in Japan it actually sold quite well. And – you know, I, I think that Nintendo is definitely embracing the fact that they slap Zelda as as a title on something. And not only does it sell, but because they don't just stop there and they actually decide, hey, let's think about this. How can we implement a game design that will appeal to fans of the series and also appeal to people who are fans of the other series that it that it's integrating? You know, it just makes for a great combo, and people aren't usually inherently disappointed with any of these games. 
I think I was most surprised by the fact that they're trusting the Zelda license with with a team that's so tiny or like not well known. Because uh, like who who makes uh, the Warriors games, the the Muso games, the uh, Koai. Yeah, I, I feel like they're they're big. Like that's a big publisher, a big developer. I feel like Nintendo would be like, yeah, we trust you, we trust you with the, with this game. I think they must have had some really good meetings with um, the Necrodancer folks um, to be able to say, we trust you with Zelda um, for your but game. But hold on. I, like, I remember being surprised when Capcom was given the reins to do a couple Zelda games. Like That was a big deal and surprising in and of itself. And Capcom is one of the biggest video game companies in the world. So to see some small Canadian team that is that has really put out like one game... That that is what I was flabbergasted at. I was also like, not to take away from the rumor that had been out there that there was going to be another two D Zelda game, which Taylor and I kind of pooped all over. I was flabbergasted that that there they was going to be off. <laughs> yeah that there was going to be another two D Zelda game this year as well because the, like a year ago the thought of even getting one was was a stretch. Excuse you, so, I did not poop all over that. I was the one that said Link's Awakening was getting remade. Okay. We, no, no, no. Can I, clear I, that? Sorry, I, let me let me rephrase that. I was I was pooing on us um, a couple weeks ago when there was a rumor of another 2D Zelda game. Oh yeah, in, yeah. Like in addition to Link's Awakening. Right, right. Okay. So, like the fact that we were getting two was surprising. The fact that they're giving it to this this studio that really no one had really heard of beyond kind of a kind of niche sounding game is flabbergasting to me. Um, yeah. Hold that thought though. Because I don't think Nintendo is entirely unaware of how many, you know, fan projects there are out there and how many good ones, too. Like, there are a million and one people out there who create art for The Legend of Zelda. You know, it's all fan art and stuff like that. We we show it on, on Zelda Dungeon all the time. And, you know, these are some incredible artists. And, you know, some of these people, I'm sure, have gotten hired by Nintendo at some point. Just like, you know, that one guy who's making, who's remaking Ocarina of Time in the Unreal Engine. I, I think you would have to be crazy to think that that hasn't come across Nintendo's desk at some point or another. And the, sure. Or, for example, that other one that did get a cease and desist from Nintendo, which was, uh, what was it, Ocarina of Time done in the links, in A Link Between, it's not A Link Between Worlds, in A Link to the Past style. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, so it's like Nintendo is seeing all these things, and they're seeing how not just, like, creative these people are, but also how good and how quality some of these projects could be. So I think, like, when they're looking around at the these indie studios, especially since Nintendo has gotten on this this bandwagon recently, and where they're doing a whole, a whole lot more uh, in, independent stuff, it, I think at the end of the day, like, I'm not as surprised as I think I I would have been maybe a few years ago. If only they would have hired uh, the guy who made another Metroid Two remake. Then maybe Metroid Prime Four wouldn't have had to been restarted. <laughs> oh man, still, still better. I think uh, <laughs> the the I, I think that Cadence of Hyrule happening shows how much Nintendo is investing in independent games. Um, 
they're talking the talk by oh yeah we have nindies and and we're gonna bring all these studios to switch and we're gonna have them you know develop for the system but now they're walking the walk because they're actually like really investing in them they are partnering with them to create new games um i feel like that that says a lot even even like yacht clubs uh the makers of Shovel Knight, like they, right, right. Nintendo got behind that too. There's Amiibo. He's in Super Smash Bros. as an assist trophy. So yeah, I, I feel like this is another um, really good step. I guess uh, let's talk about our I think expectations it's a very for this calculated game. Calculated decision. Like I don't, I don't think they went into this blind. Is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know how much, like, you know, how much of Nintendo is actually behind this kind of stuff, or like how big their Nindies team is, like the the outreach. Because I know uh, Damon Baker was kind of like the head of the the Nindies program, and he he recently stepped away from Nintendo. But I'm like, how much was how much was just him, or how much was how big is this team that's investing in these smaller well, studios? Well, after Cadence of High Rule releases, I bet you that team's going to be a hell of a lot bigger. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I I which is why I kind of want to. Like, I want to circle back, like, and let's talk about expectations just in the way that it's received and then the way that it performs. It's Like, my feeling is, is that if this game does well, we're going to see a lot more crossovers like this. Um, maybe with some different right. Nintendo yeah. IPs and stuff like that. Um, and, and you know what? I, I do think no, it's already that begun this like will Mario do well. Rabbids. Yeah, yeah, that's another great one, actually. Um, I guess, like, Mario... <laughs> kind of gets around a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda, <laughs> Zelda's a little bit more guarded, but like, um, I, the response I've seen has mostly been fairly, like fairly positive so far, but, uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that this is not going to do well. Um, what it is hard to imagine is like, for me, you, you attach the Zelda name to something and that's, you know, that's like a seal of quality that it, this is going to be not good, but great. Um, do we, I, I guess, how do you, how do you guys think that this is going to be received by the fan base, by, by critics? Like just, um, like what are, what are your expectations for this? Like, what do you think, what do you think this does for Zelda, for these kind of crossovers going forward? It, it's really fascinating to me to think about it. Well, when I viewed the trailer earlier, um, I I did a little bit of trolling amongst the YouTube comments, as as one sometimes finds themselves doing if they have a spare twenty minutes to sixty five thousand hours. And oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> most of the comments I I saw were of support. Like most people were saying, "Hey, you know, this is not something I expected, but this is definitely something I I want or or something that I I need." Even was was someone's comment. Um, and like a, a lot of those opinions, I felt as I was, I was, you know, strolling down them, I was thinking, you know what, this is actually kind of sort of how I feel. I think that Zelda for, for a long time has, as you said, been a, a very kind of like a closely guarded secret and where, you know, Nintendo, exactly. and Nintendo pretty much, you know, kept, kept their cards fairly close to their chest with the odd, uh, you know, exploration out with Capcom and and now and Monolith and now um, I'm sorry, Lincoln Soul Caliber Two, baby. Right there, you go. So like, I, I I don't think it's something that hasn't been 
successfully done before by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that because of how well it's been doing, how well Mario vs. Rabbids did, I think this is the right direction to go. I think that opening Zelda up to a lot more different kind of uh, iterations and, and different ideas is, is a good thing. I think it relieves a lot of pressure on Aonuma-san and, and Miyamoto-san and being able to kind of creatively direct their their main title series and kind of give them a chance to step back and, and see what other people do with it. So I, I think it's good. I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's actually going to be a great game. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what... Zelda fans will think of it because uh, I mean not all but you know there there's a good portion of Zelda fans that are very uh, uh fickle traditional <laughs> maybe is being traditional polite. there you go that's that's a nice way of saying it yeah. um so I think a lot of people will seek this game out out of out of curiosity just to try it because it's got Zelda's name on it they want Zelda but the thing is if it is more like Necrodancer than the Zelda series I'm I don't know how much how many people will respond to that positively um, if they're expecting a certain experience when they're getting something different because if you're going in expecting a new Zelda game, that's not what this is from what it looks like um, because there's still a lot of that Necrodancer DNA in it. Um, so if people go in with an open mind, they will be pleasantly dis- surprised because Necrodancer is a lot of fun, but it's definitely very different from your Zelda experience. So This game could really think- use a demo, I think. Like if this had a demo, that would that would really hook people. Yeah, I think that would help because um, I I want I, I'm really like going in as a Zelda fan expecting something, um, and then you're get you're met with this game that's very different. It's very it's a game unlike any other. Um, the combat is very unique. Um, the progression is very unique. Um, so they're like, what, what what is this? This isn't Zelda. Get out of here. That's my that's my fear, but I you know I also have confidence that a lot of people will will come 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 to it with an open mind and they'll have you know a very fun experience with it. I think that's why they chose Zelda. This, I guess it makes sense to me why they chose Zelda to attach to this because, like I was saying, like I think that the success of this game or lack thereof will really kind of shape the the future partnership of of Nintendo and these independent developers. And with Zelda, there's just such a brand equity with that where like like I was saying, like you know that these games are gonna be really awesome. So you might you might hook in, you know, some people that necessarily wouldn't try this game strictly because it has Zelda on it. And like and like we also said, like Mario's kind of been around a little bit, so when you see when you see a crossover with Mario in it, you're you don't have that same just like uh, whatever, it's just another, like, Olympic crossover, it's probably not that good, and they're just slapping Mario on it, whereas I think a lot of people see Zelda on something, and they're just like, wow, this, it, you know, this must be really great in order for them to to give them that brand or that IP to use on this. So to me, I guess it makes sense why they chose Zelda. Uh, I'm not sure they would have got that with with any other property, really. I agree. I think also to address Rod's point earlier with saying, you know, expecting Zelda but getting something else, you know, that's pretty much exactly what we got with Hyrule Warriors. Hyrule Warriors is inarguably a Warriors game with a Zelda face. It, you know. Yeah, but it's, it, it, I think Warriors is well known enough where people, they see that game and they, 
know what a Warriors game is coming unless, mm-hmm. you know, they... I agree. Right, but the the same thing you could apply here is, like, when, when you watch that trailer, did you really see and expect, you know, a main title Zelda game in gameplay, or did you expect more of a whatever this game originated as? Even if you didn't know what Cadence was, or, sorry, the uh, Necrodancer was... Yeah. Like if you even if you didn't know what that game was beforehand, you see this trailer, you know this is not a link to the past. It it's got Zelda flavors and it's got Zelda characters in it, but it definitely doesn't look like your typical Zelda game. This that's true, but in a few superficial ways it does. I feel like the top-down perspective and especially like the environments that they created for this game specifically make it seem more like a Zelda game than it Probably might right, be. but when you're actually paying attention to the gameplay, it's not. It's definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I I could see I could see somebody that didn't know, kind of leading up to that, looking at this trailer and mistaking it for a new Zelda game. Even though it does have, obviously, it does have the kind of the lead in with the Necro Dancer and stuff like that. It to to Rod's point, it does it does share some similar aesthetic qualities with some of the top down 2D Zelda games. Um, yeah. You you see you see Hyrule Warriors. I think that is like definitively like you, you know that that's a different thing. Uh, let me make another analogy here. It's like you you would see back in the day you would have saw Super Mario RPG and say like okay like, this is for sure a Final Fantasy game with Mario characters. I, I think that when I saw Hyrule Warriors, I was just like okay well this is a Dynasty Warriors game but with Zelda characters and like right. it was that yeah. same instant kind of uh, connotation whereas. I, I could see this one being slightly more confusing, but I mean, you're you're right, Taylor. Like, if you if you were watching the trailer, there there are some things to pick up on. You know, enough things to pick up on to expect that you know this isn't going to be your traditional Zelda experience by any means. Yeah, and I definitely agree on initial look. Like, it's definitely you know <laughs> one could mistake it, but I think if like you you get twenty seconds past and through the trailer, and it becomes immediately apparent. Yeah, I would like just like warn people who might be listening who like maybe haven't picked up Necrodancer and and don't know what it's all about. Like expect a like a learning curve. Um, expect an experience that's very different from the Zelda series, um, but it's still a lot of fun. And I feel like with the Zelda elements in there, especially with Zelda music in that game, I think that game it's it's gonna be great. Just not the same type of great as your Link to the Past. All right, so before I ask you guys uh, if you're excited, well, actually, let's just let's just go ahead. I'm really excited for this game. Are you guys? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm not even going to bother with that because we're all excited for it. Um, I did put the question out there on Zelda Dungeon, and I asked all of our um, our our readers if they were excited, and I pulled in uh, what I thought were kind of some cool answers. Um, the majority of comments were all like very positive, and even the um, even the negative comments were were kind of constructively negative, I guess is the best way to say it, Tame. with some valid points. Yeah, it's just like valid points and, and a valid point of view and valid criticisms. So um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and read you guys off a few and just kind of get your two cents on them. Ixbran says, After Breath of the Wild and Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, I'm excited to add this to my list of Zelda games on the Switch. I'm super excited for all of the re- uh, the remixes of classic Zelda songs and the ability Amen, to play brother. as Link and Zelda alongside Cadence as a bonus as well. Um, so I'm like I'm totally in agreement with that. I think that playing with Zelda is actually going to be one of the really like the really cool things about this game. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with this comment. It's it's pretty much exactly what my initial impressions were. I'm I'm a super big fan of rhythm games in general, even if I don't play them all that much. Um, and just the, the the musical quality, like just hearing those those new versions of, of classic Zelda tracks, just it, it really it really made me smile and I looked at it and I was like, you know what, even even if I only have an hour, I'm gonna dedicate it at least one of them to to this game and I'm gonna enjoy it, I think. Have they come out and said who's composing for this game? I'm not quite sure. No, definitely not. Because D- Danny Baranowski did um, the music for Crypt of the Necrodancer, and he he's an excellent composer. Um, if he comes back, that's a win. Oh yeah, look, wait, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It says he is indeed the composer. Look, we can't for use Cadence Wikipedia on our essays as a, as a source. So, <laughs> well, you know, Danny B, he's a he's a winner. All right, and if he's in your game, you're gonna get great music. Uh, and we've been talking about music for like the last. Well, pretty much all of yeah. March on this show. So, I, like, I'm I'm pretty pumped to hear some of these um, new tunes. This comment I thought was yeah, actually really interesting. Um, Corey R says, "I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. I have to check out some of the gameplay of the original. Put it this way: if this were not a Zelda crossover, I would probably have no interest in the game. So that's why I'm conflicted. And I feel like that is an extremely fair comment because, you know, I I'm with him. If this wasn't if if this was like Crypt of the Necrodancer two, I would have probably been like, okay, neat, next. But with Zelda in it, I'm just like I'm totally down. So I I yeah. feel like there's, I feel like there's probably a lot of Corey R's out there, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I think this brings it back to Cap, uh, not Capcom, uh, to Soul Calibur, and where you know Soul Calibur two had Link in it, and I think we just recently asked this daily debate question. And where, you know, people people were saying, a lot of people were saying, yeah, the only reason I either got into Soul Calibur or, you know, even even played Soul Calibur 2 was because Link was in it. Yeah, I, I think, like, because I'm not the biggest um, roguelike fan, and this if this was just a Crypt of the Necro Dancer 2, I probably would have said, nah, you know, if, if, if a buddy has it on his Switch or on his uh, Steam account, I'm like, I'll play it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it. Whereas now, because it's Zelda, I was like, you know, why wouldn't I buy it? I think that's a, that's a great, that's a great comment. It's a, it's a really fair point. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mango said, and he pretty much speaks right for me for when he says this. I'm ashamed to admit that you can get me to buy a game just by putting Link in it. And uh, <laughs> also amen fair. to that, brother. Yeah, because yep. yeah, you mentioned Soul Calibur too. We just ran a daily debate asking if you bought that game strictly because Link was in it. I did, and you know what? I hate Soul Calibur. I hated it. I didn't like it at all. But like, I I bought it because Link was in it. So uh, you know, there there I was, just proving this guy's point exactly to a T. Andy is a man of Link. So and I, you know, I feel like there's probably a lot of those people too that are gonna, you know, I feel like that might balance out the Corey R's of the world who who need a little bit more. Um, persuasion in order to get into the game and then there's probably going to be those schmucks like me that are just like zelda yep i'm in yep um this one was really uh, a fascinating comment and this is the last one that i pulled um oscar julek i probably just butchered his name i'm so sorry oscar um 
Not too big into rhythm games, honestly. Frankly, I'm more fascinated of what does this mean regarding Nintendo IPs and indie developers, because this is a curveball. He is 100% right. He's right. For that, for that reason alone, I am really hoping that Cadence of Hyrule sells well. Um, I don't think anybody expects it to sell like a million copies or anything like that, but I hope that it performs well, and uh, I hope that it's well received by the fan base, by critics, because I am really, really interested to see, you know, like let's open up the floodgates and let's give some of these smaller game studios the keys to all these different franchises because there's there's some really good games on the Nintendo Switch that are similar enough to some of these Nintendo series that if they had that extra budget, if they had that extra polish, uh, these could really be something special. I believe you might have a question to uh, to ask us about that. <laughs> Indeed, I do. I have tasked these two gentlemen, and I tasked myself as well, but I already have had this wish list from a long time ago. Um, speaking of these excellent Switch games that just need a little bit of extra polish, I asked Rod and I asked Taylor, okay, you can hand the keys to any Nintendo franchise to a small developer. Who is it going to be and why? And uh, I'll, I'll let you guys go because I, I have three. Um, I have two. Uh, the first one I would want to give to Ska Studios, who are the folks behind um, the Dishwasher games and Salt and Sanctuary, which was one of my favorite games from the last couple of years. I want them to make a Zelda 2 style game if not a zelda 2 remake because they do side scrolling combat really really well um i think people they don't look back at zelda 2 with with fondness but i've gone back and played it a few times and i think it's it's great for it's you know it's in its own special way and i think that the gameplay um salt and sanctuary if you don't know is it's basically a souls game but side scrolling um, so I feel like that is the type of game that Zelda, uh, Zelda 2 would have evolved into if Nintendo had continued to make games like that. And then my second one is I want to see uh, Team Meat, the, the people behind uh, Super Meat Boy. Yes. <laughs> I want to see them make a uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong Yes. Game. Oh, my <laughs> God. Because those Mario versus Donkey Kong games are so great because they take – they basically, you know, it's like uh, side-scrolling puzzlers, and I feel like the Team Meat people could create some really inventive levels. Um, you might have to take out some of the grossness, but oh, I think answer. the humor the humor can exist. Good answer, uh, Taylor. Taylor, what do you got? That, those are those are some great answers. Those are. I I've got two. So my very first one would be. Um, a develop developer who's really, I think, just one man, if I remember correctly, and that's Humble Hearts, aka Dean Dodrill, who made the fabulous game Dust, an Elysian uh, tale. And I'm playing that right now on I, the Switch. Yeah, I would love for his take on Zelda. I would love to see how he would do that because he. The way he did, again, you, you brought up side-scrolling combat, and I think that Dust does that really well. Um, but it's also the storytelling element and the very charming facets of the game uh, that he integrates really well. The music is really good. I think, I think he has a real eye for detail, 
and just him being one man to have created dust is an incredible feat um and i think he would do really really well with maybe a smaller side project zelda or maybe even a main title zelda game if he was given the full resources to do it uh that's totally funny that you just mentioned that because i i ordered my copy of dust from uh, limited run games back in october mm -hmm. and it showed up last week so I'm, i'm finally diving back into the world of dust nice I'm really glad because that's definitely one of one of the better games I've ever played. That's an indie game. Um, moving on from that, I uh, I this was kind of a toss up, but I was thinking um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But the guy is Freddy something who created uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I would like. Oh, I can't, yeah, yeah I Scott. Can't sorry, it's Scott something. Um, but anyway, the the creator of the Five Nights at Freddy's series, I would be really interested in seeing what he would do with a Luigi's Mansion game. Oh, oh good okay. answer. Good answer. That would be uh, that would be a nice little. I could see that as a nice little spinoff. Uh, maybe almost like a choose your own adventure game and set in like a Luigi's Mansion. Because I I think that that could work really well. Because there's a lot of great story in Luigi's Mansion. Or have you can play as a uh, Professor Ega, <laughs> yeah. in his lab as my, his lab is being assaulted by ghosts. Fulfill my dreams. <laughs> yeah, uh, I th- yeah, I think that would be really, really funny and really, really interesting to to go about. So those Good are answers. my answers. Um, okay, so I, I've got three. Uh, my first answer is going to be extremely. It's, it's just going to be a no-brainer, obvious pick to anyone that has ever played Axiom Verge, which was developed. Uh, Great game. It, it was developed by one guy. His name is Tom Hap. And uh, he made basically Axiom Verge is like Super Metroid Two. Um, it, it is a spiritual successor in every single way. It's pretty much a Metroid oh, yeah. game. It's respected as such in the Metroid community. So you know, give give this dude the keys to the Metroid series and watch him make an exceptional two D Metroid game. Um, it just an absolute ta- <laughs> no brainer for anyone that's played it. I spoke to that guy for a long time at E three um, a few years ago and. I think I started trying to sell him on making a Castlevania game in the same way he oh. made Metroid into Axiom Verge. And he, he see, I don't think he's going to go for it, but he seemed down with my ideas. <laughs> so that would be a dream come true. Yeah, because he like, said Aria of Sorrow good, was one of his favorites. We haven't had a good 2D Castlevania in uh, years and years and years. But see, um, this is what I'm saying. Like, look at all these one-man developers we found who are just making crazy It's, it's crazy, games. yeah. Um, so if, if anybody hasn't played Axiom Verge, it is like an absolutely essential game. And actually, speaking of limited run games, there is a, a big story about Axiom Verge um, being brought physically to the Wii U. It's the last Wii U game <laughs> that's going to be ever made by limited run. There's a big story huh. behind it. There's a big lawsuit going on right now with the European publisher. Um, go check it out. It's actually it's a fascinating read. And if you're into video game collecting, it's available right now. For the Wii U, the orders might be closed. They might not be. I'm not sure, but you should check it out. Um, my next pick. Go dust off your Wii U. Hey, oh, dust. No, no. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. My next pick is. Uh, have you guys ever? <laughs> have you ever played Golf Story? Yes, no. once. Ooh, like... All right. So Sidebar Games makes Golf Story, and it is an RPG where you golf. So it's it's a sports game slash a RPG and. If this doesn't feel like an Earthbound game, then I don't know what does. Because it is, 
it has that earthbound charm. It has that earthbound quirkiness to it. Like there's one scene in this game where you are fighting a horde of zombies. And the only way you can combat them is by like swinging golf balls at them. So it's just like, it's completely ridiculous. It's very tongue in cheek and, and it looks like earthbound too. So you have that immediate visual connotation um, let's make it happen, you know, Earthbound 4, or maybe they could go back, I know that Nintendo released Earthbound Beginnings a few years ago, that's probably due for uh, a refresher, something like that, just something along those lines in the Earthbound series, I think that those guys would just absolutely get it, because they they get that kind of humor, so I think that that would be a really, really fun project for, for them to kind of revive that dead series, and then my last one, we talked about it at the, uh, the top of the show, Hurt Machine, the developers of Hyperlight Drifter, I think they should take a run at Kid Icarus. Hmm. Um, Kid Icarus Uprising was uh, not a good game for me. I didn't like it really at all. And I say that the guys behind Hyperlight Drifter should get it because combat in this in that game feels very fluid. There's a lot of different weapons. There's a lot of different moving parts in that game, a lot of enemies. And I feel like that should be what Kid Icarus is all about, like... Um, make it like an actiony game, and make it so that you can you can rapidly switch between all of uh, Pitt's different weapons and stuff like that. I think that the principle in Uprising was sound, but I, I just didn't like their execution with the touchscreen. So Hyperlight Drifter is an incredible game, and you know I think that it would be I, I think like those guys would really kind of put their own unique spin on on the Kid Icarus franchise because I, I think that it needs kind of anybody good at this point (laughs) yeah it it just it needs it needs something something else it needs like a 180 and a a tonal shift or something like that i don't know but uh it it needs something different to become relevant again definitely so um yeah those would be those would be my picks and i think that we came up with some pretty good stuff actually scott coffin that's the name of the guy who created the uh, five nights at freddy series So there you go. For all those who are wondering who the um, hell that guy was. I'm People are wikipedia way ahead of you, Taylor. I know, I know. You're way, you're way too late. I just wanted on, to buddy. prove that I did know it. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we are... Uh, we're going to prove to you when we're back here next week that we sometimes know what we're talking about. I had a lot of fun talking about Cadence of Hyrule. I am super super excited for this game and uh i can't wait until it comes out and we don't have to wait that long either because it's a spring game yep i would say uh go check out kate or go check out crypt of the necrodancer because it's like at least to you know give it a try see how you like it and see what to expect um and we'll definitely have more cadence of hyrule news thoughts uh i don't want to say review but we'll definitely be sharing our experiences with it when the game comes out um, but for now, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning in and chatting with us. Rod, thanks for uh, coming on the show, man. This was a blast. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. We have um, him All you often. indie developers out there, you need to uh, listen to the last like 15 minutes of this show because we, we got some good stuff for you. You can credit us yeah. after. It's no true. We can have our names at the bottom. Uh, so yeah that's gonna do it for us head over to iTunes head over to Podbean like subscribe review comment all of that stuff share with a friend if you've got a Zelda fanatic in your life tell them about the Champions cast man uh, we'd really appreciate it head on over to Twitter you can find me at Spateri316 you can find Taylor at GIF underscore Bluehawk you can find Rod at Rod the Master we are out of time we'll be back here next week 
And until then, have a good week, guys. Woo!